Welcome back to the Roster Watch Podcast. This is Alex Dunlap. Our guest today doesn't really need any introduction. If you're listening to this pod and you're a fan of fantasy football and fantasy football content, you know him very, very well as one of the pioneers in the industry. His name is Matthew Barry. He is the lead fantasy football analyst and head of all things fantasy over at ESPN. Uh, he's the host of the Fantasy Show on ESPN+, Plus, uh, the host of the podcast, uh, the 06010 Fantasy Focus Pod. He's also a New York Times bestselling author for his book, uh, The Fantasy Life. He's the founder of the Fantasy Life app and also Rotopass, which is a subscription to all of the elite fantasy football websites uh, across the internet. Uh, Matt calls it the Netflix of fantasy football content sites. And listeners to this podcast can get 10% off of Rotopass by using promo code ROSTERWATCH. Go to rotopass.com, use promo code ROSTERWATCH, and get 10% off. Of course, you can always follow Matt on Twitter at MatthewBerryTMR, certainly one of the preeminent follows in all of fantasy football, and it just goes to show with his you know million-plus followers at this point. He's an OG in the industry. It was an absolute pleasure and an honor to get to speak with him. So now I bring you my conversation with the talented Mr. Roto, Matthew Barry. This is Chris Godwin, and you're listening to Roster Watch. You heard it in the intro. I can't believe we have him on the podcast. He is the godfather of fantasy football, and the reason why people like us have jobs doing this is because we have uh, pioneers in the industry like our next guest. He is Matthew Barry of ESPN. Matthew, what the hell's going on, brother? Alex, I'm good. I'm, I'm currently in a car. I'm being driven home from New York City. We did a, uh, a fantasy Focus 0600 live podcast. Last night in New York City, sold out crowd, a lot of fun. And uh, so heading back to beautiful Bristol, Connecticut as we speak. How long a drive is that? About two hours, two and two a half hours of traffic. All right, cool. Well, so we, so we should uh, keep up. I guess we'll keep you here for the next two hours. Asking you about nah. all this stuff. I'm just playing. We're going we're to fire through this one, Barry. I know how busy you are uh, this time of year. And I know, that you, I know that you are probably super excited about your guy that you've touted all summer long, all, really all spring long. Basically, I think for the last two years, you've talked about Kalen Balaj and your love for this guy. Now we have Brian Flores down there in Miami. He's coming in and, um, you know, giving everything a whole fresh look with his own eyes. And we got the reports early in camp that Kalen Balaj was getting a bunch of the run with the ones. Now we have Kenyon Drake hurt. Are you just over the moon for uh, where Kalen Balaj's prospects are for the 2019 season? I'm certainly bullish on him. And again, he continues to just be basically free in drafts on. ESPN and elsewhere. I mean, people just, you know, they don't, they don't have a lot of confidence in the Miami offense, the offensive line. Uh, they do think it's still going to be a running back by committee. I get all that. Um, and I agree with it, by the way. I'm not sitting here that I think the Dolphins offense lights it up or that um, all of a sudden Balazs is like some sort of top 20 t- uh, fantasy running back, or top 15, I should say. But I think there's fantasy value to be had there. 
almost any starting running back in the NFL has some sort of fantasy value to them. Uh, and I think Cannon Blige has a chance to be something really interesting, right? 6'2", 257, he runs a four four forty, right? I mean, he's just like an absolute beast. Like, he is a big, big guy. He is big and he is fast. He was a pass catcher at Arizona State as well. Like he caught a bunch of balls there for the Sun Devils. I don't know. There's just there's a guy that's really interesting. You mentioned the reports out of camp. Like people are raving about him, including uh, Cameron Wolf, who covers the team for us, does a great job for us over there at ESPN. Cameron tweeted something about how like they did a joint practice with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and a bunch of Buccaneers players came over to him that he knew and said like, "Dude, who is that guy?" And he's like, "It's Kalen Blage." he's just been blowing people away in practice. And so, I don't know, for a guy that's going that late, I think Kenyon Drake is not a guy that they want to have a heavy workload. We've already seen him banged up a little bit, and you know, throughout his career, whether it was college at Alabama, whether it's been in the pros so far, no one has ever committed to him full time. It's worth noting that last year, Frank Gore, who obviously is now with the Buffalo Bills, had 156 carries. It's a different offensive system, obviously, with Chad O'Shea now there from the Patriots. But still, the point is the same. There's a lot of workload there for a guy that we think has some real talent. Yeah, and and like you mentioned, the receiving just that was what always stood out to us when we were at the Senior Bowl and you know getting to getting to see his workouts live. Just the way that he can catch the football, it's just it looks like a different animal than Kenyon Drake to me. So certainly excited about Kalen Balage, but like you mentioned, sort of excited for where we can get him right now when we're getting to take this dude in the twelfth round. Um, what about the, yeah. one guy who I'm just not as how comfortable are you? Uh, Matt, with with Damian Williams right now at his current ADP, you got to take this guy at the end of the second round, the beginning of the third round. We've had all the Andy Reid talk to start the offseason that he was going to be the guy, that he proved it, that he's gotten that chance. Now, back from the hamstring stuff that had kept him out from a lot of camp, um, we get talk from him saying that it looks like it could be more of a committee, possible Carlos Hyde, possible... Um, um, uh, Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams. Do you think any of those guys are possible threats? And are you comfortable with Damian Williams right now, his current ADP, considering the very small sample size of production that we've seen from him at the NFL level and the fact that he's about to be like 28 or something? Yeah, I mean, I am. It's interesting, right? So his ADP on ESPN is sixth round. Now, understand, obviously, I've been in a lot of, a lot of drafts and I haven't seen him drop out of the third. So, you know, I've seen him go in the second, I've seen him go in third, but just, you know, the public maybe maybe it's because of those concerns maybe he's dropped but he's currently going at least on ESPN and maybe he's going higher elsewhere but on ESPN he's going in the sixth round. Well, um, okay, we, yeah, that's wow. which is right, which is insane, right? Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Numbers are numbers. Yeah. Um, like the the ADP on ESPN is not made up. It's just it's literally all auto generated from the millions of drafts that happen on our platform every year. So. Um, I think if you don't trust in Damian Williams' talent, and I get that, I think you can trust in Andy Reid's system, okay? You know, think about just the Chiefs running backs last season, whether it was Kareem Hunt, whether it was Damian Williams. They were tied for third in red zone targets, tied for fourth in red zone rush TV, uh, touchdowns, right? And, in fact, since Andy Reid took over in 2013, Kansas City running backs ranked third in yards, carry fourth in rushing touchdowns, fourth in yards for four first contact. He is great at getting running backs in space and taking advantage of them. 
I didn't buy, and I still don't buy any of the running back by committee talk just because he's never done that before in a long NFL coaching career. He's mm-hmm. always had sort of one guy, right? And so there have been some guys that, and you can sort of say, yeah, I don't know about Damian Williams' talent, and I think that's fair. But when you think about guys like, I don't know, Rob Buckhalter, I mean, like any <laughs> read he's gotten production, <laughs> production out of like the most random running backs. Like, yeah. so I guess for me, it's a, it's a vote of confidence in the Andy Reed coaching uh, ability and his offense than it, than it is necessarily with Damian Williams. Uh, I will say that I don't really view Carlos Hyde as competition. Uh, Darwin Thompson is interesting, but I think he's more of a change of pace back. I think it's hard to imagine that he would be a, uh, he would be the guy, um, you know, uh, that if something were to happen to Damian Williams, I think it'd be a committee if something did happen to Williams. Uh, and so Darwin Thompson is sort of an interesting guy, but, uh, certainly a talented young player, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, Spencer Ware, Sharkandrick West, like Andy Reid's coaching career is littered with like, you know, sort of middle of the road, just a guy type running backs that have been very fantasy relevant. Yeah, and and I think it says a lot, too, that whenever we saw at least some action from the starters in the first preseason game, Damian Williams was out there with the first group, as everybody figured, whenever Patrick Mahomes was. So um, probably not too much to worry about there. And, boy, if if we're getting him in the fifth or sixth round on ESPN leagues right now, I I think that 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 deal might move up as we get more and more draft data in through the next couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, I would think think so as well. So, yeah. What do you think about when you're looking at your RB2 sort of options, it seems like at the 3-4 turn, at least in the simulations that I've done, that, you know, use the ESPN ADP, but also the composite ADPs from a bunch of other places as well as the, you know, the rankings of fantasy pros. It seems like Derek yep. Henry, guys like Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Carrion Johnson, Devontae Freeman – you know, Josh Jacobs, this type of tier of player is usually available at that three, four turn. And a lot of people are depending on yep. those, those sorts of players as they're running back too. Is, is, the, is there one of those guys that I listed or maybe another that sort of sticks out to you as your favorite option that you would hope would be available to you if you were picking at that spot? All right. Uh, did you mention Aaron Jones? No, I didn't, He's but that's that. certainly He's, another candidate. Yeah, I mean, yes. Aaron Jones, yeah, Aaron Jones is going there. I really like him. You mentioned Kerryon Johnson. I'm excited about Kerryon Johnson. Remember last year, he had four different games with over 15 touches. In those games, he averaged 18.9 fantasy points per game, averaged 118 total yards. He had three touchdowns in those four games. You know, no Theo Riddick there, obviously. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they, how much they, if they're worried about workload and does Ty Johnson carve out a third down role for, for them? You know, does, is it like, you know, two series on and then one off and CJ Anderson comes in? Hard to see, but. The talent on Kerryon Johnson is undeniable in an offense that is going to run the ball. That's, you know, all Daryl Belville's done at every stop in his NFL career. Yeah, it, and I think that, that I think it's a good take. Uh, I just with 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 Aaron Jones, I think the thing that we need to remember too is Jamal Williams has been out all preseason with this with this uh, hamstring or whatever it is he's dealing with, and then the guys behind him, like Dexter Williams, was a player that some people were excited about. That, that maybe they thought that he could take over some part of that role, and he has just not looked good. So I, I, th- I think I think this is all good no. signs for Aaron Jones. No, I, exactly. So, and I think that team is going to run more. The reports we're hearing out of camp is that the Packers are going to run more than a lot of people think. 
but the offense is certainly going to change under Matt LaFleur, and they're going to run more than people think. Listen, you have Aaron Rodgers. You don't pay Aaron Rodgers to hand off, but uh, I think it'll be a more balanced offense this year. And so the talent on Aaron Jones is undeniable. It's just, can he get on the field? You know, free Aaron Jones. So I really like Aaron. I really like, uh, I really like carry on, as I mentioned, in that range. Uh, you know, I don't know if you consider Dalvin Cook in that range. He's at the high end of that range, but he's going yeah. outside the top 10 on ESPN. Listen, I, the injury concerns are obvious, but look, that offense wants to run quite a bit. Uh, it was the, it was the sixth highest run percentage in the NFL once they changed coordinators last year, once Kevin Stefanski took over. And so my expectation is the addition of Gary Kubiak to that coaching staff, Dalvin Cook have a monster, monster season. So I'm kind of in on Dalvin Cook this year. And then towards the bottom half of that, uh, that tier, I guess, I guess it would be, you know, some of the guy, like for me, one of the guy in that tier that's going way late that I absolutely love is Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I mean, yeah. he, some people might say he's a tier three guy, like he's going outside the top 20 among running backs on ESPN. I have him, you know, a top uh, 16, 17 guy. Chris Carson's been, you know, nothing short of terrific when he's been out there. There's a little bit of injury concerns. I get that. But reports are that they want to involve him more in the uh, passing game, uh, which is encouraging. It's going to be the run-heaviest offense in the NFL once again in Seattle. And remember, Mike Davis had 146 touches in this offense last year. He's now in Chicago. So the Rashad Penny truthers that think Rashad Penny gets a significant increase in touch this year that can happen, and Chris Carson can still be one of the guys that had, you know, was top five in the NFL in rushes on a per game basis last year. Yeah, and I have bad news for the Rashad Penny truthers, and that's that whenever we saw Seattle in there with Russell Wilson in the second preseason game, the only way that Rashad Penny got in with the ones was when Chris Carson had a wardrobe malfunction and lost a shoe. Like he, you know, mm. it, was, it was it was it was Chris Car it was Chris Carson's. Chris Carson's role there with, with the first group and Rashad Penny only yeah. came in as sort of a, a, you know, that kind of player. So a lot of, a lot of hype, yeah. about Chris, a lot of, a lot of hype about uh, Chris Carson right now. I feel like he's sort of moving up. Let me ask you about two guys yep. and, and whether the hype is I've been, going no, I've been banging the drum. I've been banging the drum for him. I'll say, by the way, you, there's a couple guys that I'm not crazy about in that tier that you mentioned. Okay. Like Derek Henry is not a guy that Derek Henry's a guy that just probably won't wind up on a lot of my team based on he's going he just makes me nervous. Like we looked at it last year in games in which the Titans were losing. He averaged seven fantasy points a game. And I mean, that's the thing about Derrick Henry, right? Is that he, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's kind of lead dependent, right? He need a, in volume dependent. He's not a guy that's going to be involved in the passing game. Um, he's somebody that needs just a ton of work. You need like 20, 25 uh, touches a game for him. Right. So, I mean, I don't know, like if you think about the 16 games, Derrick Henry ran prior to week 14, remember towards the fantasy playoffs, the guy was awesome. Yeah. Weeks 14 through 17 last year, he averaged 6.72 yards per carry. Well, the 16 games that he played prior to that explosion, 3.29 yards per carry. So I don't know that it's just, you know, we had a four game sample of him being dominant. And look, he was awesome in college, but I, I don't know. I think there's there's definitely some red flags there. I hate the Tennessee offense just because I'm not a <laughs> Mariota believer. I'm yeah. just not. 
I'm not a Mario believer. Like, and they're boring to watch. They're boring to watch. Oh, so snoozy. <laughs> yeah. The 2019 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy football players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it, three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical, it's mystical, it's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet only at rosterwatch.com. <laughs> then you can say the same thing about sort of that game script dependence. Our friend, uh, or I don't know, you know, our friend at Roster Watch, I'm not sure if he's your friend, Scott Barrett, um, he, had a, yeah. he, had a, he had a tweet and a, or a stat from one of his recent articles saying that 70% of Marlon Max fantasy points last year came in games that, they, that the Colts won by 14 points. So it's kind of a, that same sort of front-running game script-dependent stuff that you're talking about there with Derrick Henry. Maybe, maybe one could have a similar concern with, 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 with Marlon Mack. I'm not as concerned with Marlon Mack because I think he's got a lot more passing game usage upside. If you look at sort of towards the end of last year and his passing game usage, it, it, it increased significantly. And, you know, talking with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich uh, at the Combine, where Alex, I always see you and Byron every year, uh, they said basically that they thought he, Marlon Mack, is a true three-down back, that, that they don't think he has to come off the field. Now, Naheem Hines is still going to get his, but uh, I have less concern with Mack than I do with Derrick Henry. I just uh, I, I have I have two players that I want to get your take on about whether they're overhyped, and I also I'd be remiss not to get one Redskins question in, in here with you before we let you go. Um, do you yeah. think the, the Chris Godwin hype has gone too far? If we're starting to get takes on Twitter, like from legitimate analysts saying that they believe that Chris Godwin could take over the number one wide receiver role this year from Mike Evans there in Tampa Bay. I mean, are we just are we just going a step too far? as far as Chris Godwin and projecting this breakout for him? Well, I mean, I think you're ta- I think Scott Barrett, who you just mentioned, I think he's the one that sort of had that, that take. And, you know, I find Scott to be a really good fantasy analyst. He's somebody who is uh, fairly measured in his opinions. So I didn't feel like that was a hot take just for a hot take, just knowing Scott the way I do. Sure. Um, it's a little surprising. Mike Evans is the one who actually said that, that him and Chris Godwin have been sort of, quote-unquote, competing the number one receiver role. Having said that, I, I think it's, it's a little hard to see, but they may be closer than people think because they certainly think, you know, Mike Evans has been less of a volume guy and more of a touchdown guy. And all expectations are this year, Chris Godwin's going to be a massive volume guy. Do you but think- I still have both. I have, I've, I mean, I have Evans ranked ahead of Godwin. Yeah, I mean, that's by at least, gonna- you know, a couple of rounds. I just don't know if any, but I, I think people can say that they presume that that could happen, but I don't, I don't think anybody in their right mind could, could rank Godwin ahead of Evans at this point, just based on, exactly. based on the bodies of work. What, what about Miles Sanders? Um, just, I just worry in Philadelphia that's always going to be a committee under Doug Peterson, even though I do agree with basically everybody yep. out there that Miles Sanders is, is so good. 
I just, I, I mean, I just think there's a difference in real football value and fantasy football value, and I'm worried about the fantasy football value to start the season for Miles Sanders. Whenever you're taking him in the fifth round and depending on him to be a, you know, if you really want him in some of these experts leagues, you have to reach up and take him in this fifth, sixth round and presumably be depending on him as you're running back too. Are you comfortable uh, going there with, with Miles Sanders? I'm not actually not as my running back too. I think he's a really talented player. I love him as a, as a flex or as a flyer, but Jordan Howard scored nine rushing touchdowns each of the last two years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, uh, you know, counts out of, out of camp or that Miles Sanders is still struggling a little bit with, um, uh, it's still struggling a little bit with pass protection and, you know, uh, picking up the blitz and all the things you need to do for an, a, uh, a Doug Peterson offense. And so I, I think this is going to be a true committee to your point. Doug Peterson has always been a guy that likes multiple backs. And so, you know, who's more likely to score touchdowns? It's Jordan Howard. Who's more likely to catch passes? Obviously, it's Miles Sanders. But you've got Darren Sproles who's been involved a little bit. And I don't think Sproles is roster-worthy in a fantasy league. But I do think he could potentially sap some of the value from Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders quite a bit. I think he's the best running back on that roster. But I don't see him being a legit number two running back to start the season. Yeah, I, I just I think it, I I worry if you draft him at some point you're going to have to think about whether I drop this dude for a, for a hot waiver wire pickup and then somebody in your league is going to pick him up and be able to use him down the stretch whenever maybe towards the end of the season when they start giving him more volume. All right, one more thing for you, Matt, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll and I'll and I'll let you get out of here. Um, do we need to wait for 2020 for us to finally see the Darius guys break out that I know that we're hoping for so much around here? And I figure you probably are as a, as a guy who I've, who I've gleaned from your, uh, I've, I've never talked to you about it in person, but I've gleaned from your Twitter persona that you are a Washington Redskins fan. Yeah, you know, massive Redskins fan. Look, I, I think we'll know a lot more Thursday night after we see him play that, the fact that the Redskins have said Darius Geis is going to play in the third preseason game is a encouraging sign, right? It's because there's been reports that not only, you know, he was slow to recover and that, you know, there were some setbacks in his recovery from the ACL tear that he had in last year's preseason. So just the fact that they feel confident enough to send him out there, I think, is, is a positive sign. Now, I'd feel better about Darius Geis if Trent Williams were in camp. You look at what the Redskins did last year, and all they did was, you know, people forget when Alex Smith went out with an injury, they were six and four, and in first place in the NFC East. And the way they had gotten to six and four in first place in the NFC East was playing good defense, running the crap out of the ball, and not turning it over. And I think when you look at a quarterback trio of Case Keenum, who's likely the starter, you know, Haskins, Colt McCoy. I think you figure the same game plan. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson last year was fifth in rush attempts. So I think the expectation is it may not happen immediately. It may be more of a second half player, but I do think Darius Geis will be a, a nice contributor to fantasy teams this year. Matt, we're so happy to be part of the uh, Roto Pass with with uh, with you and so many other great sites. I hammered them with it uh, coming in as far as the promos for Roto Pass, but you're the man behind it. You you are the uh, you're the you're the pioneer here of this industry. So can can the listeners hear from you about the values of Roto Pass? Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously excited to have roster watches as a, as part of uh, Roto Pass, but you know, basically you get many great sites. 
for one low price. I kind of like to call it the, the Netflix of fantasy football, right? Because you get, you get more than you could ever need, right? And you sort of just pick and choose what you want, just like you do when you're watching Netflix. But you get, in addition to roster watch, you get, you get football guys, you get Rotowire, you get a subscription to ESPN Plus for six months, right? You get uh, football outsiders. Aaron Schatz always does great work over there. Uh, and you get Rotoviz you know, who are really interesting, doing some real interesting uh, data analytics work. So uh, a bunch of smart sites that complement each other, and uh, you get it for one low price. And I will say this, Alex, that anyone that uses the promo code ROSTERWATCH at rotopass.com will get 10% off. So once again, promo code ROSTERWATCH uh, on, uh, on rotopass.com, you get 10% off. 